Welcome to Exaltation. This is Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true. Today's scripture is 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-10. to 10. Just as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by His glory and virtue, by which we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. The Christian is called to a life of constant conversion. We are called to put on the character of Jesus Christ, who is the perfect man and our example. To put on Jesus Christ means that we acquire his virtues. Now, what is a virtue? A virtue is a habit of character or a characteristic way of being and doing. We may start with the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love, and add to them the four cardinal virtues, prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. In conversion, the Christian enters a process of growth towards the fullness of the stature of Jesus himself. He is our model and guide. Moral conversion changes our decisions and choices from selfish satisfactions to God's virtues expressed in the scriptures. We must be careful to underscore that this transformation 
this conversion is not a self-help program. We cannot deliver ourselves from the sins or addictions which we have, but God can and will if we ask for his help and cooperate with him. There are sometimes more self-help books on the shelves of Christian homes than novels or classics of spiritual formation. The thought goes something like this. If we cannot earn our salvation, at least we ought to pull up our socks and behave, show some character and willpower. This, beloved, is entirely wrong-headed. All virtue, all goodness, all godliness within us is the result of the presence and indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and not by our own unaided efforts. What we fail to realize is that the virtues God has given to us by His grace must be trained, practiced, and exercised so that they will grow into habits of character. We must work out our own salvation, working out what God's grace has already worked in. It is a mysterious synergism of cooperation with God. Once the process gets underway at God's initiative, it becomes less and less possible to differentiate between God's contribution to the growth and our obedience to Him. Again, this is not a self-help or self-actualization program. Self-help is worldliness. We must obey God's commandments out of love for Him. The virtues are habits of character that are freely received from God, but they require our training and practice. We must obey in order to continue to receive God's gifts. John Wesley was right in saying that all humans are called into a long, slow growth into union with God, characterized by serious moral struggle. We don't sit still and quietly wait for God to do it. Ongoing repentance is not a condition for acceptance by God, but our response to God's grace. We must see that we are powerless in the face of evil, the world, the flesh, and the devil, and then make a series of deep surrenders of our will and lives to the care of God. We go to God and ask Him to remove our character defects, our sins, and our weaknesses. We do not seek to be good or to acquire virtue on our own, but to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Full conversion to God, full union and communion with Him, requires that we turn and return again and again to God in support of an early experience of conversion. This is the background to what St. Peter is writing in 2 Peter chapter 1. Remember that 2 Peter is a letter warning the believers about false teachers and false doctrine. St. Peter is trying to root the Christians firmly in Christ so that they can stand against the false teachers who introduce destructive heresies. Chapter 1 is a description of the need to carefully put on the virtues of the Christian life 
as a defense against false teaching. All vices are merely the absence of virtues. Vices are bad habits in the place where good habits should be. We were created in the image of God and filled with his virtues and characteristics in the Garden of Eden. Sin warped these virtues and replaced them with bad habits, which now must be overcome. Another way of looking at this is that vices are from the father of lies, the devil. Vices are actually lies that obscure the virtues and keep us from developing them in our lives. 2 Peter 1.4 says that we are called to be partakers of the divine nature. Now, this is a very bold assertion. But bold as it is, it is a summary of the teaching of the whole New Testament. This is what the Bible means when it says that we are to become sons and daughters of God. This is what our Lord Jesus means when he says in John chapter 15, Abide in me and I in you, so that he may dwell in us and we in him. This is what the whole teaching of spiritual regeneration and transformation means. Christ takes residence in our lives and expresses his divine life through us. The whole purpose of Christianity, for which God sent his only Son into the world, was so that we may become by grace what Jesus Christ is by nature, that we may with humble trembling receive the very nature of God within us. The whole Bible emphasizes both the distance and the nearness of God to man. God is sovereign Lord, infinite above all his creatures, but at the same time, there is no one so near to us as our God. Jesus says that through faith in him, we become his friends, adopted into his eternal family. We have been created in God's image. God breathed into us the breath of life, meaning that we are like him in our personhood and in our self-conscious will. Our union with God is not some absorption into an impersonal divine, as in Eastern mysticism. What our text proclaims in verse 4 is that we may become holy and loving as God is holy and loving. The holy and loving life of Jesus may dwell in us. This is a fantastic miracle of grace. Now notice that this is a becoming. God must constantly be passing into our hearts if there is to be anything godly there. God's life is like sunlight shining through the skylight into the house below. If you cut off the sunbeam from the sun, the house will be in darkness. If you cut the life from the root, it will wither away. The Christian lives only by continually receiving life from God, by being a partaker of the divine nature. We do not possess once and for all. We keep on partaking and receiving the life of Jesus. His life must flow into our mortal lives from above. How is this done? Note verse 5. 
by applying diligence. Let's read the text together. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith. There are no mysterious conditions to healthy spiritual growth. The same qualities which lead to success in other human achievements apply to living the Christian life. And the first and foremost of these qualities is diligence. We must work hard at acquiring Christ, at putting on Christ. We must walk close to Christ and keep in step with His Spirit. No amount of emotions or feelings or inspired worship music can take the place of bending our backs to the work of sanctification and giving all diligence. Diligence makes God's gifts fruitful within us. Diligence makes God's gifts our own. No one becomes a strong Christian but by giving all diligence. The divine gift is all of God's provision to help a man or woman live a godly and holy life. Diligence is our contribution to releasing these gifts and provisions. If we will do our part, God will do his part. The virtues enumerated in verses 5 to 7 of our passage will unfold themselves within our lives according to the life that is in them the beauty and sweetness of Jesus. Then notice that we are to exercise diligence in order to make our calling and choosing certain. Look at verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. What a tremendous promise! listening to Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true, heralding the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we may experience life in Him. continue our lesson. St. Peter believed that the Christians to whom he was writing were chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. But humans can't know the eternal decrees of God, 
or discern whose names are written in the book of life. If I want to be sure about my own calling and choosing by God, if I want assurance of my salvation, the confirmation is in my action. My diligence reaches up to heaven, as it were, and binds me to the purposes of God. If we want confidence that we have the love of God in our hearts, that there is no condemnation for us, the road is the way of diligence. This is what the writer of Hebrews 6.11 means when he says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end, that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. If we want our path to be filled with hope of a blessed future beyond the grave, the road to that happy assurance is to work hard at acquiring the virtues of the life of Christ. This is what St. Peter means in 2 Peter 3.14 when he says, Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless. You mean diligence is the way to peace, spotlessness, and blamelessness? That is what St. Peter teaches. We see this illustrated in the world of professional athletics. No one becomes a first-rate athlete without severe self-discipline. Michael Jordan will go down in history as the greatest basketball player ever. How did he become the best ball player ever in the NBA? By diligent practice. He spent hours every day on the fundamentals. He conditioned, he lifted weights, he ate the right foods. He practiced and practiced, and the result was that he achieved what no one else has ever achieved. Michael Jordan was diligent. Great athletes live and die by the routines they establish. Michael Jordan established a tough early morning routine, and then he diligently pursued that routine day after day, week after week. He believed that hard work conquers all. St. Mark the Ascetic, a disciple of St. John Chrysostom, who lived in the 5th century, agrees with Michael Jordan. A friend wrote to St. Mark asking for advice on how to live the spiritual life. St. Mark responded with an extended letter in which he said, If you wish to acquire within yourself your own lamp of spiritual light, so as to walk without stumbling in the dark night of this age, and to hold fast to the gospel commandments, then I will show you a wonderful spiritual method to help you achieve this. It does not call for bodily exertion, but requires effort of the soul, control of the intellect, and an attentive understanding assisted by fear and love of God. I want you to imagine that there are three powerful and mighty vices upon whom depends the whole hostile army of the demons. These three vices are ignorance, forgetfulness, and laziness. 
Ignorance is the source of all evils. Forgetfulness is its close relation and helper. Laziness weaves a dark shroud which envelops the soul in murkiness. This third vice supports and strengthens the other two, consolidating them so that evil becomes deep-rooted and persistent in the negligent soul. Laziness, forgetfulness, and ignorance support all the other passions. They are the mainstay and chief leaders of the devil's army. If then you wish to conquer these three vices and put to death the demons coming against you, enter within yourself through prayer and with the help of God. Descend into the depths of your heart and search out these three powerful vices, forgetfulness, laziness, and ignorance. Most men are ignorant of all three, not even suspecting their existence, but they are more destructive than all the rest of the passions. Take up the weapons of righteousness that are directly opposed to them, mindfulness of God, which is the cause of all blessings, the light of spiritual knowledge, through which the soul awakens from its slumber and drives out of itself the darkness of ignorance, and true fervent love, which makes the soul eager for salvation. So through the power of the Holy Spirit, with all prayer and entreaty, you will contend bravely against the three giants of the demons. Through mindfulness of God, you will always reflect on whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, whatever is holy and deserving of praise. Philippians 4.8 In this way, you will banish from yourself the evil of forgetfulness. Through the light of spiritual knowledge, you will expel the darkness of ignorance. And by your true ardor for God, you will drive out the godless laziness that enables evil to root itself in the soul. When you have acquired these virtues through the power of God and with the help of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to deliver yourself from every trace of forgetfulness, ignorance, and laziness. And henceforth, grace will reign in your heart through Christ Jesus our Lord. May he be glorified through all the ages. So, beloved, let's review. In conversion, the Christian enters a process of growth towards the fullness of the stature of Jesus himself. We are in a glorious process of becoming. The Lord Jesus is our model and guide. As we love him, look to him, and listen to him, Conversion changes our decisions and choices from selfish satisfactions to God's virtues expressed in Scripture. This transformation is not a self-help program. We cannot free ourselves from our sins. We cannot turn from vices in our own strength. But God can and will if we ask for his help and cooperate with him. All virtue, all goodness and godliness in our lives 
is the result of the presence and indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and not by our own unaided efforts. Vices must be overcome and replaced by the virtues of Christ so that his life will become a habit of our character. We must work out what God has worked in. Oswald Chambers, 1874 to 1917, says that character in a saint means the disposition of Jesus Christ persistently manifested. What God looks at is what we are in the dark. The imaginations of our minds, the thoughts of our heart, the habits of our bodies, these are the things that mark us in God's sight. John White, 1924 to 2002, wrote a book entitled The Fight, offering first steps for spiritual growth. In his final chapter, he quotes 2 Timothy 2.4, A soldier on active service will not let himself be involved in civilian affairs. He must be wholly at his commanding officer's disposal. White writes these words, Take my breath away. Am I entangled with civilian affairs? Do the cares of this life spring up and choke out the word of God in me? Or am I entirely at the disposal of my commanding officer, Jesus? Let's pray together. Gracious Father, how we praise Thee for the gifts given to us to live a holy and godly life of love. Grant us the diligence to put off vices and put on the virtues of the life of Christ. We ask in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. You've been listening to the program Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson with Godet Ministries. You may reach us on the web at godetministries.org. That's G-A-U-D-E-T-E ministries.org. This gospel outreach is entirely listener-supported. Please help us proclaim the gospel on the radio to a needy world. You may donate online at our website. Your gift, large or small, is gratefully appreciated. Until next time, may God richly bless you with this word of encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not faint. <laughs>